Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slaying the Sale. I am your host, as usual, Kyle Slaymaker, owner and founder of the Slaymaker Method, two-time best-selling author, uh, and all that other cool ego-stroking shit. Um, listen, I am extremely excited today because my guest this week is a very dear friend, an absolute rock star, a killer in her field, because you know that I only bring you the absolute best guests that I can possibly find for you. And this is no exception. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce the one, the only Megan Smith to slaying the sale. Megan, introduce yourself. Hi. Um, so my name is Megan and I am the owner of MFS Digital Marketing. Um, I have been a um, social media manager for five years and I am excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to have some fun. Um, so let's just, let's just get right into it, right? Let's, let's go hard right out of the gate. Um, why did you go from whatever it is that you were doing to being a social media manager, digital marketer? What, what happened? What was the catalyst? So I was, um, when I first started with social media, I was a stay-at-home mom and I needed something to get me out of my own head and into something productive. So I started doing it um, for myself through a YouTube channel. And then um, that carried into a position with a local salon to do their social media. And I realized that I would rather just work for myself and be able to serve a lot more people than just one tiny little salon in the middle of Pennsylvania. So here we are. Beautiful. Beautiful. How, how personal do you want to get? How many kids do you have? I have three kids. Okay. All right. Me too. We have that in common. This is always fun. Um, so let's, let's talk about the transition, right? Let's talk about the transition from, from like you, you know, you talked about in the full, you know, solopreneur entrepreneur. Um, what was the scariest part or, or maybe the better yet, you know, what is the scariest part? Just learning um, everything that I don't know, which there has been a lot of things that I've been learning, but um, I think the biggest, scariest part was just taking the leap of not really knowing exactly what I was doing and doing it anyway. Um, a very good friend of mine uh, kept telling me to just do it scared. And so that's what I did. I would be a complete idiot host if I didn't have you expand on, on do it scared. I, I think that is a very, very awesome way to put it. That's an awesome lesson. Um, so let's, let's talk about it. Let's expand on it. I mean, how everybody can, 
can use fear as an excuse, right? Anybody, uh, you know, fear is what holds everybody back. <laughs> and it's, it sucks, right? Um, but it didn't hold you back. Why? Um, well, I knew that I needed better than what I was already doing. And I knew that my family deserved better. And so pretty much anything that I can do to make things better for them, whether I'm scared or not, I'm going to do it. Oh, we're like four minutes in and this is great already. So, all right, we talked about the scariest part or the worst part. Let's talk about the best. What's the best thing you like about being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, a mompreneur? What do you got? Well, I really like connecting with people that I didn't think I would actually be connecting with. And um, I love that I'm able to do something that I don't just have to muddle through. And it's nice to be able to, even when things change suddenly, like algorithms do, um, to be able to figure it out and be able to teach other people the new stuff that I've learned, even when I'm still learning it myself. I like it. I like it. So let's, let's keep going. Let's, let's just get, you know, down and dirty. Let's, let's have some fun. Right. So favorite moment since you became an entrepreneur, what, what was it? What was your not, maybe not aha moment, but just moment that you're the most proud of or moment that was the most profound for you? I think just gaining some confidence um, when I started working with you and um, kind of figuring out that things that I've been through in my past do not have to define things. It really kind of opened my eyes to everything that I'm able to do within my business. That's fantastic. That's, that's absolutely perfect. And I guess now is a good time to let everybody know that yes, Megan does work with me. Um, but not in the, the, the client aspect. She was one of my followers and I was following her. I was watching what she was doing on social media and decided, hey, let's give her a shot. Let's let her handle some of my social media stuff. Um, you know, I still make the posts. She just kind of gives me some, some edits and says, hey, you know, let me, let me add a little bit, little bit to this. Let me take a little bit out of this. Uh, and it's been fantastic. Um, but she's also fantastic at literally everything. So um, yeah, and, and I'll touch on that, right? Everybody hears about me talk about authenticity and core values, and that's just, you know, kind of what I'm known for because, you know, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, Fortune 100 company, or you are a solopreneur, or if you even just have a side hustle, um, the foundation is all the same. The foundation is really where the strength of the business stands, and that is being authentic, being real, hiring on core values, firing on core values. Um, and that's clients and employees. It's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's probably the only real universal thing in business, um, aside from numbers. So Megan, expand on that because you left the door open, right? So how are you being your authentic self and why? Uh, well, just, just the way I post and, um, I have started figuring out, um, 
who not to work with. And so I'm, I'm kind of getting into the groove of things and starting to um, really just let people see who I am. I love it. I do. I do. And, and I'm very glad to have you on this podcast because I think that my listeners and followers really, really can learn an absolute ton from you. Um, how about why social media? Right. So when you think about it, you know, and me being a business coach, albeit a successful business coach, um, you know, that first year I, I didn't take a dime. I, I didn't, I did all pro bono work because, you know, there's such a stigma around coaching. There's such an influx of coaches, especially now, because there's very little to no barrier to market, right? There's, you want to enter the market as a coach. It's literally just create a Facebook page, make a post and say, you're a coach, boom, you're in the, you're in the industry. Um, and it's like that now, no offense, Megan, for digital marketers, for social media managers. Um, you know, I, I run with a, quite a few social media managers and digital marketers, a friend of mine, Zach, um, and I'll omit his last name because, you know, I don't know if he wants me saying it, but he probably wouldn't have no problem with it. Um, you know, Zach's talking about clearing, you know, seven figures as a digital marketer and he's a hell of a digital marketer and he's even, <laughs> he's an even crazier brand builder in person. I, I love the guy. Um, but how do you stand out? You know, why, why did you decide to make the leap into an industry that is just flooded, flooded? Because it's like I say in, with entrepreneurship, right? Anybody that's ever had a thought of doing something is out there calling themselves an entrepreneur. And anybody who has ever had a job is out there thinking they're a business expert and can coach people. So why did you decide to not only quit a nine to five or whatever hours you were working and go into entrepreneurship, but you did it into a very saturated field. What that has to take. And I know from experience, the biggest balls that anybody can possibly have. Right. And I know that you and I have had these conversations almost daily where I'm like, Megan, just show them how big your dick is. Right. Just, just whip it out and show them that you got the biggest dick in the room. So why, why do you have the biggest dick? Why did you decide to do that? Cause that, that takes serious guts expand. Well, um, from a very early age, I've always liked to write. Um, I am not a really fluent communicator when I'm speaking, but when I am writing, I can be pretty much anybody I want to be. And that is a really, um, not everybody can do that within my industry. And I think it limits some people. And so it gives me a little more range because I'm able to kind of put myself in somebody else's head to be able to post as them. And a lot of other people cannot do that. I think that's a really, really good viewpoint. I think it's a good, a good take on that because I see a lot of people who very clearly have social media managers um, and it, you know, it's, it's not that like they're, it's interesting, right? So it's not like the, the person, the, 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 I don't want to say influencer because I mean, I'm not an influencer. I don't, I know a few influencers, but you can tell what's them and what's not them. 
And I think that's what is so incredibly important, especially when you start working with businesses and people that are trying to make a name for themselves and build a brand that you have to, you have to be authentic in your posting too. Right. So, and this is going to be a very good point for my followers, not so much as Megan, because she knows, you know, she knows it already. Um, but knowing me like you do, Megan, have you seen me post anything that is contradictory to how I am in real life? No, absolutely not. No, nothing. Right. And, and listen, there's, that took me a lot to get to a lot to get to. Cause I just couldn't, you know, there, there was some stuff like I knew my, would piss my wife off or my family. And then finally I was just like, I, I got to push you. I got to push you, Megan. What, what do I, what are the two words I say when you start thinking about what other people think? What do I say? Um, talk what they think. No, that's, that's like three words. I said two words. <laughs> fuck them. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, that, that philosophy is so fucking huge, especially cause I'm talking to you because you and I have spent a lot of time working together already. Um, but okay. You said that you figured out who you don't want to work with. How did you do that? Uh, um, pretty much just trial and error, um, figuring out through meetings with people that there are some people that they are so kind of close-minded as to what I should be able to do for them that it just doesn't, the dynamic isn't there for me to be able to work with them correctly. So um, I've gotten to the point where I've figured out certain characteristics with people that I just can't work with them. If, if they um, get onto a meeting and the first thing they ask is my prices, I'm not going to be able to work with them because all they're focused on is what it's going to cost them rather than what I can actually offer for them. Quality over quantity. And that's, that, that's a huge, a huge thing for so many people, especially service providers. You know, it's, oh, God, it's so frustrating. I mean, it's, it's, and I've had this conversation with you. Like as soon as somebody is starting to price shop, if they're just looking for the lowest bidder, don't, don't even bother with them. Right? You know your worth. You know that you're one of the best out there, if not the best out there. And that's why I have you working with me and my team on some social media stuff. And, you know, that that's really important. The last thing you want is to sit there and, and water down your product and be like, I'm going to give you, you know, yeah, fuck it. I'll say it. What, what I think you're worth, Megan, I think, I think you are somebody who should be making anywhere from 300 to half a million a year, given, given your talent, given your quality of product, given your care, your customer service, your customer experience. Um, if somebody's sitting here saying, you know, I'm looking for the lowest price, fuck them. 
fuck them. And that goes for everybody out there too. If you're out there and able to provide that level of a quality product, don't get into a pissing match. Don't get into a bidding war with people because they're not going to be worth your time, right? It's like that age old adage where that $500 a month client is going to be a much bigger pain in the ass than the $50,000 a month client. So where do you want to go from here? Right. So you, you got into social media management, you decided to become an entrepreneur, mompreneur, solopreneur, whatever term du jour you want to throw at yourself. Where do you want to end up? Ooh, I'm holding your feet to the fire there. I can, <laughs> I can see you thinking, you're like, how should I answer this? And you know, the right answer is honestly. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily something that I've given a lot of thought to. Um, I think think a lot more in the here and now than I do about where I wanted to end up um, because I know things change so quickly, um, especially with, with everything that has happened with the shutdown and everything else. Um, so I have some big dreams of, you know, I named my company MFS Digital Marketing and not Social mar Media Marketing because I do want to be able to build a company that can um, accommodate all digital me media and not just social media because I know that there may be a day that it's not here anymore. Oh, I have to fucking expand on that. So you feel like, if I'm following you, that there may be a day where social media is not there? Is yeah. That, is that what you're saying? I mean, we saw the evolution from um, AOL Instant Messenger, and then all of a sudden there was MySpace, and then all of a sudden there was Facebook, and now there's, you know, 90 million different platforms. Only fans. And we don't know how long each of them are going to be here. I love how you just um, completely glossed over my OnlyFans joke, but continue, please. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Beat picks um, where I am. <laughs> so um, I think it may not necessarily go completely away, but I think it may evolve because I don't think anybody ever imagined when we started with instant messenger and with MySpace that we would be to a point where we've got like 15 million different platforms and there's a new one every day. Um, so I just want to make sure that I can help people with their marketing, no matter what platform all of a sudden disappears or pops up. And um, I think some of the other digital mediums will always be here like email and um, I just want to be able to make sure that I can serve those people. All right. I was waiting for you to say something that we could like really dive into an attack. And I think we just found it. So, <clears throat> um, you know, when, when I have a guest come on every now and then I'll, I'll push back on them. Right. I'll, I'll kind of give a little bit of pushback. It's, it's, it's rare, but it happens. Um, and I'm going to push you back on that. 
And I think I'm going to do that because we have that kind of relationship. We talk every day. We are working together. We're building stuff together. Um, that's a ballsy statement. That's a really, really ballsy statement. And yeah, you know, we consider AOL Instant Messenger, you know, without thinking about it, without knowing it back then, that was social media. That was arguably the first social media. Then MySpace, as you brought up, or I guess after that, you can talk about chat rooms, which I don't think there's anybody our age that didn't do completely inappropriate shit as teenagers in chat rooms. <laughs> um, MySpace, Tom sold MySpace for almost half a billion dollars and made his money. He's still out there making money, just traveling the world and having fun. And then it evolved into, I mean, maybe Zanga, once you got blogs and stuff like that, I probably just dated the shit out of myself with that reference. Um, you know, watching this evolution, it's, it's interesting that you're sitting here saying we're maybe hypothesizing would be a better, you know, phrase for it, that it would go away. But what's even more interesting, Megan, is that I can kind of see it, right? And, and it's, wow, it's, it's such a weird, I didn't expect to get this deep tonight, um, but it's such a weird dynamic because I, I wonder if we're just in that space where we can't imagine what would come next, right? So with, with MySpace, we had no fucking clue that Facebook was coming. Mark Zuckerberg was in, you know, Harvard with the twins just going. And the, the kid that started Napster, which that alone, there's more social media. Um, and with Napster, you were like, holy fuck, like this is, nothing's gonna be bigger than this. And Napster got brought down. Next thing you know, you have Spotify and Apple Music. And you don't know. It, it's hard for us to comprehend what comes next. So it's interesting that you're sitting here saying that maybe there's a chance that social media goes away. But I, I do want to say I, I think you're wrong on that. Like, I don't know how it could. I think it's such a big data-driven industry. Um, but... I, I don't know. I mean, you, you literally just like blew my mind with that statement because I, I would have never been able to even come up with that question of will social media go away? Because in my mind, it's like, no, of, of course it won't go away because now social media is literally our entire world. But that's, that's interesting. So you said, I'm sorry, I, I totally went off on a tangent there, right? So the podcasting rule is 20% is the host, 80% is the guest. And I usually just, fucking go 80% me 20% guest um what, what do you think is next you said it, it may evolve like where if, if you could create your own social media evolution what would it be um well they're coming up with all of these different technologies that can do all sorts of different things like the google glasses and everything else and i feel like we're going to get to the point where we don't need social media anymore because there's just going to be a chip in everybody's brains and we're just going to be telepathically messaging each other and, and we won't need the, the internet anymore to do so. 
but wouldn't that still be a form of social media? I think in a way. Let, let's, um, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's do that, right? Because I can feel like you're, you're starting to be like, oh my God, he's really pressing me. And this is going to be fucking fun <clears throat> because I know you can handle it. I, I know you can, you can answer the questions right away. I know you can dig yourself out of whatever shit I throw at you. Okay. And that's why I'm doing this because I want to see how you do it. I'm literally like, like my viewers right now, my followers are literally listening now to not a podcast, but me coaching you. Right. So this is going to be really fun. I've never done this before. I didn't think I was going to do this before, but fuck it. We're going at it. All right. What, what, where do you see it going? What, what product do you see coming? Like what, what evolution is there? Like, so you mentioned Google Glass and chips and shit, which that's the, the first fucking conspiracy theory anybody's ever said on my podcast. <laughs> uh, like, like everything you just mentioned, like the internet's not going to go away. Right. So like when, when I hear statements like that, um, are you familiar with Mark Marin? I think I've heard the name. Yeah, that's uh, Mark, Mark Marin is a very well-known voice actor, um, but more importantly, he is a fantastic comedian. He is hysterical. He is incredibly intelligent. I am a huge, huge fan of Mark Marin. Um, Mark Marin did a show, 90, I want to say 90, anywhere between 92 and 96, and I want to lean towards 94 on that, um, where... He was sitting on stage on a bar stool and he called the internet a fad, right? He said that the internet is not ever going to take off. It's going to be here and then it's going to be gone. It's a fad. That's it. Uh, needless to say, almost, fuck man, my math. 30 years later, right? Uh, the internet's going strong. I mean, the internet is basically our society. So when you say the internet's going to go away, what do you mean? Like, like I, I have, I have to press you on that. Like, how, how can you justify saying that? Like, like let me, let me hear it, because you're one of the most intelligent people that I know, and I love your mind. I always love your mind. Let's hear it, because I'm. This is going to be like you were worried about this being three hours. We're going to go to like fucking six a.m. at this point. So, <laughs> let's go. Drop that fire. Get comfortable. It doesn't matter what people say about you. I want to hear exactly how you're going to back up the statement of the internet's going to go away. I don't know that it'll completely go away, but I do think that it's going to um, evolve in a way that the form of the internet we have now is going to be completely, it's going to be completely different than it is now. Um, you know, we, the way the internet was, when we first got our first computers in the 90s was completely, it's completely different than it is now. And so I think it's just gonna keep evolving to a point where it will be completely different. I, I think where I was going with the, the chip thing was not necessarily conspiracy theory, but like with the glass, the Google glasses, um, that you can just see everything right there. I think it will be, more of something along those lines and so the internet will be just like readily available like right in front of your eye at all times and so it's not going to be something necessarily that you connect or disconnect with because it's just going to be part of you at that point 
Okay, so let's let's tie it all together because again, like I, I think I think you and I are like um, you may have heard me say it before, right? Same store but different aisle, right? We're shopping in Target, but you're on aisle 14, I'm on and I'm on aisle 15. Okay, like so we're both <laughs> going down their same path, just a little bit different. Um, okay, so how do you see that really affecting social media? Like how do, how do you see and, and I think I think you're right. I think at some point, you know, those those uh, AR glasses and everything are going to be much cheaper and much more readily accessible. Like look at the iPhone when the iPhone came out, it was like a fucking luxury item. It was. I, I remember I was in the Navy when the first iPhone came out and I got it and I was like, yeah, motherfucker, I got an iPhone. Right now, my fucking kids have iPhones. Right. So I, I think you're absolutely heading down the right path. I do, and I I was one like I. I signed up for the beta of Google Glasses. I didn't get chosen. Um, Google's got them. Microsoft's got them. Facebook's got them or Meta, whatever the fuck you want to call them now. Um, everybody's doing all this stuff. Like, and, and I'm going to, we're going we're gonna to get really deep, like really deep. This You're going to be up for a long time. Um, but how do you see, we'll talk about Meta. We're going we're gonna to talk about Meta. Like you are the first guest that I have had on that I think can really hold their own with what I'm about to, to talk about with Meta. Um, how do you see the accessibility of having the internet right in front of you? And again, for my viewers and followers, yeah, the internet's right in front of us at all times. 99% of the shit that we do is fucking connected. Okay. We just take out our phones. We tap a screen on our, our car dashboard. It's all right there. But what, what Megan's talking about is absolutely accurate. Like we are going to be all getting the AR glasses, and stuff like that. I have an Oculus Quest or a Meta Quest, Facebook Quest, whatever the hell it's called at this point. And it's it, it, it's amazing having it right there where you can just click on stuff with your hands and yeah, you're wearing a headset, but it's it's like a larger version of Google Glasses. But how does that, Megan, affect social media? Well, I think we... Um... We've gotten so used to being connected to everyone all the time with social media, and it's become one of those things where a lot of people can't pick up their phone without clicking the, the little F for Facebook or instantly going to Twitter or Instagram. Um, so I think it will just be more, even more instinctive to do that than it is now. And I think the... Um, the platforms will just be more integrated that, you know, you'll just have to like look a certain way or think a certain thing and it'll be a lot more seamless. And I think I question that it probably won't even feel like social media anymore. It'll just feel like we're constantly immersed in everyone else's lives. So now we're, I think we're in the same aisle but on a different product. I feel like, I feel like we've now entered the exact same aisles, but we're like at opposite ends. Like you're in the bread section and I'm down with the peanut butter. Um, I, I'm starting to pick up now on what you're saying. And, and I, I, I think I agree. Um, it's, it's so interesting. And, and again, I, I feel like my mind is so closed. Like and and I don't think it's willfully closed. I don't think it's willingly closed. Um, I, I think that it's just okay. 
let's let's liken it to video games right and you know i'm a gamer or i try to be i have three kids and a wife so i am lucky to play five fucking minutes a week um when the sony playstation came out the playstation one i i couldn't I couldn't imagine anything better than that. I couldn't imagine it getting any better. I thought, oh my God, we've, we've peaked. Look at how real this looks. It looked like shit. This is amazing. This is just like real life. If we were all made of fucking straight lines and rectangles. And now I have a PlayStation 5 and it's, it's almost photorealism. There, there are some games that if my TV set up the right way, you can't tell our video games. You, you have technology that is just out of this fucking world. And again, I find myself saying the exact same thing I did years and years and years ago when the PlayStation 1 came out. I'm sitting here thinking... How can they top this? How can they evolve on this? How can it get better than the PlayStation 5? And we're already three years into the PlayStation 5. They're already working on developing the 6, I'm sure. So, shit, you're, you're good. I, I, didn't, I didn't think you'd be hitting me with, you know, this, this deep thought at this time that we're recording this. Um, all right, now we're going to really see how good you are, okay? Well, you're, you're terrified to speak, so I'm just fucking blabbering on at this point. Um, let's talk the, the metaverse. What are your thoughts on the metaverse? Do you, do you feel that? I mean, and obviously that is the next evolution, right? That's, yeah. that's the next step. You already see meta Facebook is coming out with the, the, the tension gloves and everything they're using with the, the VR headsets and everything for the metaverse. Um, but where, where do you see the metaverse monetizing and where do you see the metaverse leading us moving forward? Well, I think um, it kind of ties into what I was saying. I think um, that whole, the metaverse is going to become much more mainstream like there's a lot of people i know that have the oculus and they have the the hand things for it and everything and i think it's just going to slowly or maybe all at once just take over and um that is going to make things more real and it would be like not such a far leap then once we get to that point for it to be more into the Google Glass because it's the same kind of technology just used in a different way. Okay. So, I mean, the metaverse, we, we know now is a very real thing. We know that people are already making hundreds of thousands. We know people are making millions. We know people are arguably probably hitting the, the billion and 10 billion range in the metaverse the, in the in the metaverses that have been created already outside of of facebook and meta um you know you're seeing 
NFTs, you're seeing, you know, crypto, which I'm going to, you know, I'm not really going to touch on crypto because we're in the middle of another huge crypto crash. Um, but the, the NFT market is just astronomical. I mean, it's, it's just kind of like you said, like everything's going fucking digital, digital people are making hundreds of millions, billions off of this, these digital NFTs. Um, I see in the metaverse, like we're already seeing digital real estate making kids billionaires, kids like like in their early twenties. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up, but um, it's it's crazy. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, if if we're if we are literally at the point in in history where we are monetizing digital real estate. What does that mean for you? Like, like, how would you capitalize on that as a digital marketer, as a social media manager? What would you do? Well, um, I don't uh, really know a whole lot about the NFT market and um, that kind of realm. But if I saw things kind of going that direction, I would definitely be researching more and um, figuring out exactly where I could place myself to be able to still facilitate some type of assistance within that. I know people are still going to need help with um, getting their advertising out there. And so no matter how it's positioned, it's, they're still going to need marketing in some way or else people aren't going to know about their stuff. Oh, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's guaranteed. All right. What about, and I think we've been going for a, a little bit now. We got the cobwebs coming off. We're having some fun. Um, let's do this. Let's, let's do, you know, usually I ask people what advice they, they want to give up and coming entrepreneurs. Um, let's have you deliver some value. Why don't you give the followers, the listeners, the viewers, whatever you want to call them, meta fans, I don't know. Um, give them something they can do today, the moment they listen to this episode in their social media game that will up their, up their level right? Whether it's their followers, whether it's their engagement, whether it's closing deals, what are one or two things that you can tell the audience to do that will notice a big return immediately? Uh, I think the number one thing will be to um, just make real, authentic, longer posts that aren't just a meme and a couple of hashtags because the more you give any of the platforms um, algorithms as keywords, it's going to make you more searchable. It's going to make um, your stuff push up in the whole feed so that they are able to actually find you. Um, and that will get you more engagement. But another thing that you can do to make things um, grow a little faster is outbound engagement. You have to be interacting with other people on 
their posts and their platforms, or they're not going to know you exist. Um, if you are able to go into their realm and help people with, without stepping on any toes, um, those people will see your value and come to you as well. Because I think there's, there's a lot more room to go around of knowledge than, than people kind of want to um, let themselves believe. So it's not as much when it comes to social media, it's not necessarily always a competition, but more um, people need to just learn to collaborate and um, help each other's audiences. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly fucking why I love Megan. Right? It's not a competition, though everybody acts like it is. <clears throat> and there's so many great opportunities to collaborate. Um, and, you know, like I said, there's a big difference between collaboration and, you know, people wanting to ride your coattails. So it's, it's awesome that you brought that up. Um, all right, Megan, where can you be found? Where can people get a hold of you? Because I am hoping that they see that there is a reason you are the only social media manager and digital marketer that not only have I had on this podcast, but the only one I have ever brought into my business. So go ahead. Where, where can they find you? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook, um, MFS Digital Marketing, and I am also on um, Instagram under the same name and um, starting on TikTok, but I haven't, haven't gotten a whole lot on there yet. Um, you can also find me on my website, which is um, mfsdigitalmarketing.com. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and also, um, you know, you guys will see Megan all over my posts. You will see her commenting in the groups that I, I run that I'm a part of. Um, and, and listen, I cannot even begin to describe how absolutely paramount Megan has been to not only my business, but all of her other clients' business as well. She is a killer of the utmost magnitude. And whether you are in, I don't know, Canada or wherever else, whoever, wherever you're listening to this at, reach out to Megan. She has such a keen eye for social media that there's literally no way she will not be a huge asset to your business. So, uh, and I fully wholeheartedly endorse that. I don't think I have ever had a guest on this show that I have endorsed to this level. And it's only because I trust her. It's because I know the quality that she puts out and it is some of the best, if not the best out there. So reach out to her, let her show you what she can do. Let her show you why having a social media manager is so crucial in this day and age, uh, even if she thinks the internet's going away. Got to <laughs> fuck with you on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, Megan, thank you very, very, very much. I am so effing proud. I don't know why I censored that. You know, probably <laughs> the, the last F word of the show. I'm like, oof, got to tone it down a little bit. Um, but seriously, I mean, thank you very, very, very much. This was an interesting conversation. It was fun. It's always great talking to you. Now there's a camera rolling so we can, you know, make you feel uncomfortable and nervous. Um, but <laughs> you were amazing. So is there any, 
any other advice or any message you want to say anything anything you want to say before we we head off the air it's the floor is yours wow no, listen to not. that that's that's amazing <laughs> sage advice sage advice ready right? yeah. megan what do you want to say crickets you, you can hear the crickets chirping outside of your window all right i won't put you <laughs> on the spot anymore but megan seriously thank you you're the best um guys i'm sure you will see megan back on this podcast and i i mean i desperately hope so she's she's awesome and you'll be able to meet her at the Slaymaker method success summit in october um she will be there she's one of our vip guests so she'll be there at the dinner so you can pick her brain too not just our speakers um yeah what a what a good episode all right i will see everybody next week and thank you for tuning in Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale. <laughs>